Forget fish tacos and California burritos. One of San Diego's culinary talents is the humble burger. From a $5 crispy diner-style flat-top patty to a $20 gourmet topped with expensive accoutrement, the burger is having a moment. Let's dig into why. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Michelle Parente, you're a features reporter for the Union-Tribune, and that also includes food. And you've been on something of a quest trying to find the best burger in San Diego. So why don't you explain... How do you even find the best burger? Explain the methodology of sorts. You eat a lot of burgers. I, you know, I go out to eat all the time. It's part of my job. I'm very fortunate. Um, And if I see a burger on a menu, I just can't resist. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you go out as often as I do, you eat a lot of burgers. And I take a lot of notes and I keep a running list. It's my little burger journal. And I keep a mental list, too. If I've seen one on a menu and I ordered something else, I tend to go back and order that burger. Mm-hmm. And um, so I also go back to my favorite places and try them over and over again, you know, because they're excellent. But also I just want to make sure that it really comes through as this is a quality burger that people are going to love. And for you... What are the key qualities of an amazing burger? Okay. So, well, it depends. And that's why I divided my story into different categories because there is no one definitive style for me anyway. I love a gourmet burger that you'll have at like a really nice restaurant where they're using super expensive, premium, dry-aged beef, you know, only the best cheese, organic arugula from Chino Farms, etc., Then I like a nice, greasy, flat top. Patty has been sitting sitting around made for a while. Um, And, you know, it's just like a little gut bomb. Mm -hmm. I like them both. I like burgers made from lamb. I like them from bison. Um, I just love burgers. So I'm looking for good quality bread that doesn't fall apart. I'm looking for, you know, if you're just going to do a straight slice of American cheese, go for it. Don't give me anything too fancy. Um, I'm also looking for a good spread, something Mm -hmm. with like an aioli. I am not into mustard on burgers. I'm Mm -hmm. from the East Coast. We do not put mustard on burgers. So if there's ketchup, I'm cool with that. If there's like a Thousand Island, I'm good with that. But if there's mustard, I'm sorry. That's going back. Certainly. And when you kind of go through, at least in your brain, Mm -hmm. what are the ones that are truly stand out regardless of category? Right. Okay, so um, I think that the juniper and ivy um, recreation of In-N-Out's Double Double is mm-hmm. the absolute best burger in San Diego that doesn't come from In-N-Out. So I did write in my story that for me, In-N-Out makes the best burger and then Five Guys. I love fast food burgers. They are just good. Um, and so in and outs is, um, it tastes like it, but it tastes super expensive. Mm-hmm. And um, the Juniper and Ivy burger is not on the menu. You have to know about it. All right. And so now everybody knows that you can <laughs> just order it. It's like one of those secret things. And um, you can also ask for like animal fries too. Oh, awesome. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Um, I love Royale, which is this adorable um, hip place in, on the border of of Ocean Beach and Point Loma, they've got a great diner-style burger, which is sort of the old-fashioned flat. Um, 
And, uh, you know, gourmet burgers, Bankers Hill Bar and Grill, uh, right up the street here on Fifth Avenue, has always been one of the best burgers, according to me. And in your story, you also mentioned that when it comes to burgers, San Diego generally is amazing at them. Yeah. No, I don't really understand what's going on. Do you have Um, any theories as to why? (laughs) I do think a lot of it has to do with the great ingredients that we have here Mm -hmm. and that the expectations are very high. You know, this is a category of food that there are gazillions of devoted burger fans in this county and they demand that burgers are good. And that's what makes the restaurants step up their game. So, you know, you can't be um, a decent restaurant in this town without having a good burger. That it, that would be embarrassing. And at least in my circles, I'm involved in the craft beer community. It seems like all of my friends are huge fans of the Dirty Flat Top from The Friendly. Yes. What are your thoughts on that very greasy, very heavy burger? Very greasy, very heavy. Love it. It's on my list. But it's not something I feel like I could have too often Mm -hmm. Um, just because it is like one of those things that you sort of love, hate it. You like regret it. You're like, oh, my God, why did I do that? That was so delicious. Um, You know, it's one of those that you've got to like get a bunch of napkins and it's going down your face and that's a great burger experience. And they put in all that mayo and all (laughs) the cheese. (laughs) It's just like fat to the extreme. Fat to the extreme. We love it. And it seems like there's kind of a clear dichotomy of burgers. So can you kind of explain the way that you broke up this story and why you choose to kind of categorize it in different ways? Mm -hmm. Well, because I think that there are some people who don't believe that like a restaurant burger, a gourmet burger should have its own throne. You know, I think that there would have been um, a lot of people protesting if I didn't put the the friendly kind of gut bombs and mm-hmm. the Royales and the Claytons in Coronado, that old malt shop kind of um, burger. But at the same time, you know, if you go to a place like Cucina Urbana or um, Born and Raised and you're in your nicest clothes and you're drinking a really expensive wine and you order a delicious burger, that's a great experience too. So I didn't want to leave those out. I also think that blended burgers, burgers made from bison or lamb mixed with beef or anything like that deserves its own category. Mm -hmm. I don't think they compete with the all beef because there's nothing like an all beef burger. And if you notice, I didn't put any like impossible burger or things like that. Those, those are not burgers. I guess for you, if you were cooking at home, what kind of uh, ratio of uh, fat to meat would you choose for your burger? Um, 80, 20. I mm-hmm. think um, a lot of restaurants probably do 90, 10, um, but I'm always afraid of flare ups on my grill yeah. and I don't want it to be too fatty at home. I can slather on, you know, I make like a little compound truffle butter and I put it on there and that's really good. And one other thing that wasn't in your story, but is still a question that I have. How did Thousand Island or a variation of it become the secret sauce of everything? Well, I think it started with the Big Mac mm-hmm. because the Big Mac um, secret sauce is very Thousand Island-ish. And, you know, it's got those tiny little pieces of pickle And so I think that, you know, it's a success for a reason. And um, I think people wanted to try to replicate that flavor profile of a Big Mac. And a lot of these burgers actually sort of taste like 
a Big Mac. Mm-hmm. And also, in this story, you mentioned 41 separate burgers, mm-hmm. but you've had more than that, of course. Yes. How long did it take to gather your burger <laughs> journal of sorts? I would say about three and a half years. Wow. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we've done like little mini lists of here are some great burgers and stuff. Um, but like I said, I just I eat them all the time. And it's like a food that I've been sort of enchanted by since I was a kid. And I went into my first McDonald's. I was just you know, I grew up in an Italian household. We didn't have burgers. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I it's been a long time. So I've had hundreds and hundreds of burgers. And I guess for you, as someone who has covered food for some time, how do you see the burgers as a reflection of our identity as San Diegans when it comes to what we choose to eat? Well, that's a really good question. I think um, it has gone along with our evolution of a place to eat that is casual still, but elevated. Um, We are sort of defining this moment in time by the fact that you can get something as seemingly humble as a burger, but it can be done um, in a really elevated style. And I think that sort of encapsulates where San Diego is right now. You know, fine dining, they are sort of few and far between. Mm -hmm. The whole white tablecloth restaurant, that's not where we are right now. And so I do think like an excellent burger is where San Diego is right now. Certainly, and consider like the universe of restaurants, just like fast casual has like overtaking so much of the market. It's like it's kind of changing the way that we have options, what we choose to order in a sense. Correct, it absolutely has. And you know, the fast casual segment, it's not a bad one. I mean, I do think it's helping people eat more healthily. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think San Diegans are active and they're fit. And so they can indulge in a burger. And, you know, some of the more expensive ones, the $14, $16, $18 burgers, that's, you know, that's running up there and stuff once you get a drink and this and that. Um, But that's still a fairly accessible extravagance for people. And so and I think it appeals a lot to young people and older people because, you know, older people love a good burger, too. And it's Mm -hmm. a great source of protein. Sometimes burgers, when they're like smaller, is kind of the perfect option when like you're hungry, but you're not starving and you don't want to have to have leftovers or something like that. So I feel that's also a kind of part of why it's grown so much. Yeah. And, you know, sliders help. Um, I love to order sliders because that is sort of the perfect combination of enough bread and just enough little beef. Mm -hmm. You can also change up the toppings on a slider so you can have them three different ways. I love me a little slider. And after writing the story and getting the reaction, what is it like being in the spotlight as the the burger seer of San Diego right now? (laughs) Yeah, well, it'll go away because tomorrow there'll be something else. Um, you know, it's fun. I really enjoyed like people's reaction in the newsroom and also the readers. Um, one thing that I sort of noted with the people who have reached out to me about my story, every single one of them has been male. That's never happened to me before. Hmm. I always get a really good mix of men and women. And this is like all men saying, thank you, but you forgot about such and such place. So I guess it's more of a masculine food. I never thought of it that way. Maybe. 
Well, now that you've gotten more response and you have other burgers to try, will there be an update in the future? <laughs> yes, I, I like to um, I like to incorporate people's feedback. Um, I've done that with um, my Italian food stories, um, and I'm going to check out some of the places that people said that I missed. Eat more burgers. I, I really, I just think they're good for the soul. You walk away thinking, oh, that was good. All right, Michelle Parente, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. In other news, Imperial Beach's shoreline has been closed for months because of more than 100 million gallons of toxic stormwater flowing north from Tijuana. Residents held a rally over the weekend, calling on officials to address the problem, holding signs that read, Stop the Poop. The federal government has a collection system to divert flows in the River Valley's major canyons, such as Goat Canyon and Smuggler's Gulch. Much of the polluted flow is sent to the South Bay International Wastewater Treatment Plant. However, the system is easily overwhelmed when it rains, so sewage-tainted runoff has fouled beaches in San Diego for decades. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. We also host community events, including a forum on June 5th called Confronting Hate, Bigotry, Ignorance, A Path Forward. Join community leaders and moderator Stephen P. Dinkin at the National Conflict Resolution Center. For more information and to register, go to confrontinghate.com. Until next time.